Warning, this podcast contains questionable content of the more adult variety and may not be suitable for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Don't say you haven't been warned. Carla, put your pants back on. Here we are at part two of the cryptids episode. So weird. love your intros so much i love acting them out for you <laughs> they're the best <laughs> i know we get really into it i wish you all could see it pretty fantastic <sighs> so here so we are, are. <laughs> cryptids <laughs> episode part uh, two i'm uh and, carla and i'm michael and we are go postal podcast um yeah, the podcast that gives you a grab bag of fun every week. So uh, part two this week, uh, Michael has a crazy local story where he's at. I have some hysterical history for you, and I'm pretty sure Michael has a review because the Countess is still fornicating in her castle upon the hillside. Get it, girl. Get it. Talk about vampire vines, am I right? Oh. oh. If you don't know what that is a reference to, go back and listen to part one of the cryptid episode and listen You'll to You'll love it, I promise. That's so good. I mean, we literally just recorded it, so we know it's really good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, Michael, why don't you just launch right into it with your story? Oh, I will dive right in because I'm talking about the Ogo Pogo. Are what the fuck is this? that? I'm I'm so ready. I have no idea what this is, but it has a great name, Ogopogo. Deep in the interior of British Columbia, you'll find Okanagan Lake. Nestled in a glacial valley, this lake supports an ecosystem that helps produce some of BC's finest wines. Ooh. And one of BC's most infamous monsters. <laughs> With a shoreline that extends over 170 miles, beep, boop, beep, boop, 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 270 kilometers, and sinks down to depths of 761 feet, beep, boop, beep, boop, 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 beep, 232 meters, of course there would be a monster that lives in this lake. Naturally. First thought to be the water spirit of the area, First Nations people would bring small sacrificial offerings to the being to ensure safe passage across the lake. The First Nations people referred to the being as Naitaka or lake demon as translated from the Salish language. These beliefs then evolved into the modern-day mythology of an actual monster living in the lake and not just a spirit. The so-called Ogopogo. Not unlike old Nessie in Scotland, it is thought to be a mix between a prehistoric carnivorous aquatic lizard 
and a marine mammal with a serpent-like body, some say extends almost 50 feet in length. However ludicrous this sounds, the Ogopogo is thought to be one of the most plausible of all the cryptids the world has seen. Oh, really? John Kirk of the British Columbia Scientific Cryptozoology Club in an article dated January 7th, 2014 from Live Science says, quote, The catalog of films and video of Ogopogo are more numerous and of better quality than anything I have personally seen at Loch Ness. And I believe that several of them are very persuasive that a large, living, unknown creature inhabits the lake. Unquote. Personally, <laughs> David and I believe that the Ogopogo is a shapeshifter and that we saw it take the form of a duck during our vacation back in August. <laughs> was, was there anything... Um... <clears throat> specifically peculiar about this duck that makes you think it was the Ogopogo? A feeling deep within my loins. <laughs> Michael, you're not supposed to feel ducks with your loins. I'm sorry, but I that's know. just rude. That's gross. Uh, we were unable to snap a photo of it. It was too quick. Also, if I were to say I wasn't a little bit hesitant about swimming in Okanagan Lake because of the Ogopogo... I would 100% be lying. This is coming from the guy who thought there would be octopuses at the bottom of a public swimming pool. (laughs) Well, do you remember in the park, Bubble Pond by our house? Oh, there was was definitely a sea monster there. No, it's the alligators and like the drain pipes right there. (gasps) Spooky. I know, or crocodiles or something, but I was always told that. So I'd like ride my bike really, really, really fast by the drain pipe. So I wouldn't get eaten by an alligator. Or you, like, go to sit down on the toilet and they just, like, come up and eat you. No! Well, I mean, <laughs> ooh, no. Because they, they can fit through your toilet pipes. Yes, that totally makes sense. <laughs> I think I'm more worried about spiders in my toilet. That's true. That's very true. Well, that's my uh, cryptid story for British Columbia, the Ogopogo. I just love saying Ogopogo. It's a good word, Ogopogo. It's a very good word. Uh, there's one in Ontario, I think, called the Igopogo. Yeah, I saw that one, too, on the list of cryptids I was looking up. Yeah, there's a f- there's actually a few of them that have the suffix, og- like, pogo or whatever. Men in black will question you. Dark images will haunt you. Portals to other dimensions will tear the very fabric of space and time. All because you chose to spend a quarter on Polybius. This Halloween, some of the freshest faces in indie podcasting are lending their talents to the Cabinet Podcast to treat you to the granddaddy of all gaming ghost stories. The Cabinet presents Arcade Anthology Polybius Rises, with segments from Totally Unreal Book Club, Karaoke Big E, Conspired, Two Girls on a Bench, and of course, The Cabinet. When the screens go dark, all that will be left is Polybius. Arcade Anthology, Polybius Rises, on Wednesday, October 24th, 2018. Follow The Cabinet on your favorite podcast app, 
to make sure this special Halloween episode is ready to keep you up at night. Trick or treat, gamers. You want to do your... Yes, I would love to talk to you about some hysterical history. Michael, I am so excited to read this for you. I am so excited for you to read it to me because I don't read things. (laughs) Oh, I forgot you're illiterate. It's okay. It's fine. (laughs) Um, So this week, uh, I was thinking about doing something about the Yeti. I'm like, you know what? The Yeti just isn't my favorite cryptid. Um, I'm more of like a vampire person. I really dig vampires and the mythology of vampires, but everybody knows about Vlad the Impaler and Transylvania, blah, 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 blah. Uh, and Bloody um, Mary as well. So, or not Bloody Mary, um, Elizabeth of Bathory, Elizabeth Bathory, Elizabeth, yes. uh, who was the one that used to bathe in like virgin blood. So I went on a bit of a deep dive here. And found you some lesser-known real-life hyster- hysterical <laughs> historical vampires, and I came across this story that is amazing. It's called Ooh. the Hunderpressed Vampire of Melrose Abbey, not to Ooh. be confused with Melrose Avenue or Melrose the TV show. Uh, so uh, <laughs> the Vampire of Melrose Place. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the one, Melrose Place. Uh, um. So I do have to thank listverse.com, travelthroughhistory.com, and timflanaganauthor.com, where I cobbled together all of these uh, different accounts into one hopefully or sensible narrative. So, (laughs) founded in 1136, the Cistercian monks built Melrose into one of the richest monasteries in Scotland. It survived wars and, even when damaged by the English, was rebuilt, a magnificent building that was meant to last forever. There, and so Melrose is on the coast of Scotland, I believe. Uh, there was once a local chaplain who, by all accounts, liked all of life's, life's pleasures and was nicknamed because of his love of hunting and his pack of dogs. And so his nickname was Dog Priest or Hundepressed. So, or Hundepressed. <laughs> what a name. I know, right? <laughs> I thought it, yeah, Hunda, Hound Priest. So Hunda Priest. Um, in stories of the border marches, Jongling says, Other things he also loved that made not for sanctity, and when at last he died, his death was no more holy than his selfish, sensual life had been. <laughs> oh, that was, oh, my God. You need to be part of like a Shakespearean company. <laughs> Should I do the rest of the story that way? <laughs> no, it'll be too distracting. Please don't do okay. that. <laughs> when this less than holy chaplain finally died, his soul could not find rest and his evil spirit was seen wandering the streets of villages and towns in the area searching for victims and blood. The local <gasps> folk turned to the monks of Melrose for help. And after praying, fasting, and challenging the vampire, they fought it. Its mortal body was thrown into a fire and turned to ashes, which were to be carried over the Lammermuir hills to the north along the Scottish borders. Oh. However, (coughs) does not end here. This thing 
is annoying as fuck and he keeps coming back. Oh, no. However, it is said that the creature returned and tried to enter the abbey, this Melrose Abbey, late at night in the form of a bat and then turning into a vampiristic creature. Mind you, this is well before, like, Vlad the Impaler and uh, Dracula and everything. Um, So this is, like, legit. This is where a lot of stuff comes from. Uh, the monk managed. The monks managed to defeat him again through the power of prayer. Denied entry to the abbey, the creature stumbled upon the home of a lady who once worked for him. Um, let's see who worked from. And it's also said that she was his mistress in his mortal life. Oh! It is reported that he stayed close to her home, screeching at her and causing unrest. Essentially, the asshole. He was bothering her for sex again. So, like. This is where the monks kind of drew the line. They're like, all right, fine. You can go and terrorize people and go asking for blood, but stop bothering women for sex. Thank you, monks. She had no other, yeah, she had no other choice but to call one of the most experienced monks from the Melrose Abbey to investigate what was happening and to perform an exorcism. So the elder monk whom was summoned brought along a fellow monk and two other men, both novices, and began the investigation. They decided to watch the former uh, chaplain's grave until the last glimmer of daylight died away. During the monk's watch, the Hunderpress arrived in the guise of a vampire and appeared to levitate out of the deep grave, toppling <gasps> the gravestone. Oh. So he, like, rose from the earth. The frightening figure began to approach the trembling monk at an alarming rate. Oh. The monk retreated in horrified shock, but managed to compose himself. The monk, <laughs> showing a rather unmonkish capacity for kicking butt, lifted up his staff, and smote the figure again and again until the grave suddenly opened up with a terrible sound and the Hunderpress was swallowed into its deep pit. Oh. After the grave had opened and it enveloped the dead chaplain in the warm earth, it had returned to normal as if nothing had ever happened. So, Heavens. Yeah. Right. So the elder monk knew that he was dealing with a true vampire. Immediately, he took action. He told his three companions of what occurred and to open the grave on the first light of the coming morn, which they agreed. They waited through the dark of the night, only to dispatch one of the novices to bring digging tools from the abbey. Upon the opening of the grave, the vampire chaplain was lying in his coffin, dead to the world, grinning with his bloody lips, the blood of his victims. Then the elder monk ordered his companions to remove the body and place it on the ground, then to burn it and scatter the ashes in the gusty winds. <laughs> Today, there are those of the town that vow they can still hear a muted scream through the ruins at the dark of night of a man in a different form who in life had seemingly walked a godly life, full of vices and treachery. <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, that's the story of the uh, Hunder Priest Vampire of Melrose Abbey in Scotland. Oh, my pearls. I... <laughs> Isn't that awesome? Yes. Like, he, he came back like three times. God. Or he basically just... died three times. No means no. Like. Right? Like, get it through your head. Nobody likes you. Okay? Just deal with it. Okay, I, I did have this image, though, when you said he stood outside that woman's house screeching. I just imagine, like, that scene with John Cusack from, uh, 
what is it say anything say anything when he's like holding the boom box it's just like a vampire outside your door just like <laughs> i had a much uh more i guess salacious image like him like hanging out her window like being all stalkery and peeping Thomas and like jerking off watching her. Oh god. And like, like screeching. Humping the window. Right. <laughs> He's like scratching at the window like ah, ah. Oh no. Uh, <laughs> our depraved minds. It's okay. We're fine. But we'll take you all down with us. Um so yeah, that's our hysterical history for the week. And it was hysterical. I loved it. Yay! I must say my English accent is much improved when I have half of a voice. It's, yes, it it adds a nice peppering into it. (laughs) Thank you, thank you, Michael. I do appreciate it. Hey, Andrew. Hey, Maddie. Do you like horror movies? I sure do. Well, did you know that most horror movies are inspired by real-life horror? Really? Like what? Well, take The Shining, for instance. That's based on Stephen King's real-life addictions, or The Purge, which could be our country any minute now. Oh, and The Strangers, which is based on a real-life murder. People should be talking about these things. Hey, Guys. Oh, oh, hey, Producer, producer Michael. Michael, hi. Uh, well, I hate to break it to you, but somebody already is. It's you. <gasps> That's right. We are Friday the 13th, the podcast where we talk about horror in real life and horror in media, all from an LGBTQ perspective. Because we gay, y'all. We are proud members of the Legion Podcast Network, and we can be found on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. And follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Come along with us on this crazy journey, and as always, get slayed. Would you like to hear what movie I have critiqued for this week? Yes, I have actually been going on the Twitter sphere and people who have been asking for horror movie recommendations. I've been using the ones you've been reviewing. Oh. Uh, because they all sound so awesome. <laughs> I like well, I, I really want to watch all of them, so Just you wait until I explain this one. Oh god. really need to start recording the video on this. Uh, we are a delight to be seen. Okay. This film <laughs> I'm so excited. Is one of the most bonkers movies I've seen in a very long time. <laughs> it is called The Lure. Uh and apparently I'm drawn to Polish films this month because my next pick is Polish filmmaker I did not look up how to pronounce her name. Uh, So I'm just going to try this. God help me. I'm sorry. Satan help me. Agnieszka Smozinska's. Nailed it. Perfect. (laughs) Thank you. Oh, my God. Uh, 2015 film, The Lure. Would you like to guess what this film is about? Uh, Fishing? Kind of. Catfishing? Well, all right. Okay. So here we go. The two main characters spend the film performing in a cabaret. 
starting off with strip teases and backup singing and gaining enough of a following for their own acts. One character then falls in love with one of the men in the in the band, and her sister, the other main, develops a taste for some more forbidden fruit. Humans. She has an appetite for humans. <laughs> uh, literally. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. I forgot one or two little details about the film. Uh, the two mains are mermaids. <laughs> <laughs> what? Wait, wait, wait. So, so they're mermaids in a cabaret. Uh-huh. Yep. Stripping mermaids. <laughs> but uh, okay. it's also... A musical. <laughs> no. Yep. <laughs> now, technically, I didn't notice any anything that really broke any like big film molds. And it does have a problem with keeping a consistent tone throughout the film, as you would imagine with a horror musical mashup. Um, there are times when it's funny. There are times when it's creepy and gory and it it just kind of jumps all over the place but that being said it does play around with the typical tropes from like the horror and musical genres and that's really interesting to watch but for this campy weird creepy 80s horror glam rock take on the classic mermaid tale i award the lure three out of five mermaids Okay, so not a bad rating for something that sounds fucking ridiculous. Yes, yeah, and it is. It. And you said is, it's a Hungarian film? It's Polish. Polish. And is it yes. in English or is it in Polish? It's in Polish with subtitles. The Criterion okay. Collection released it on DVD. Wait, 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 and... Michael. How could you watch this if you can't read? Oh, fuck. My cover has been blown. <laughs> God damn it, I am a literate male for fuck's sake. How dare <laughs> now I? you all know. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> uh, wow, that I mean, that sounds really interesting. Yeah, and there are some really cool visuals. Uh it's very atmospheric too. Oh, there was another one. Uh since we were talking about vampires, this is probably more of a, a better known film, but uh, it's a vampire film starring Tilda Swinton and Tom Hiddleston by Jim oh. Jarmusch called Only Lovers Left Alive. And it is like one of the sexiest movies I have ever seen. <laughs> I mean, Tom Hiddleston, hello. Yeah, it's, oh my God, it's so good. I love it so much. And the soundtrack is amazing. Only but Lovers Left Alive, writing it down. If you if you don't want to watch a horror musical about mermaids <laughs> then check out only lovers left alive <laughs> oh man those sound awesome michael i'm so excited quite i need to do just like a day of halloween movie watching and so i'm i've got wreck on there i've yes. got um demon on there from last mm-hmm. week um i'm gonna have to check out only lovers left alive i might have to check out the lure because that sounds oh my god i was right it's fishing yeah kind of <laughs> I, yeah. I drew a connection. It's fine. That sounds so good. Do we have a random question of the week for the good people? We do. Uh, random question of the week would be, what cryptid would you like to encounter? Or if you could oh. prove exists. Yeah. 
I'm going to have to say the Loveland Frog. <laughs> yes. Yes. Love it. <laughs> I would have to say probably like the Yeti or Bigfoot because there have been so many sightings. Like I would love to just confirm this myth 100% or not. Like yeah. I need to know. I want to know. I need to know. I want to believe. Do you, Michael? Do you really want to believe? Um... I believe in life after love. Thank you. Thank you, Cher, for helping me believe in life after love. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> you want to send your answer or a spooky story or any other story or theme ideas, whatever you feel like, then listen up to Carla right now. Well, you can write to us at gopostalpodcast. P.O. Box 198514, Nashville, Tennessee, 37219. Or you can uh, email us at, G- uh, at Gmail. At Gmail, that is true. <laughs> at at gmail.com. And Michael, where else can they listen to us? Or here, write to us for fuck's sake. I'm scared this up. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, Carla always posts our random question on Twitter. So if you want uh, your answer read out on the show next week, uh, you can also just write it into us. Um, then go to Twitter where you can find us at Go Postal Podcast. And that's our show for the week. Next week, we'll be diving into ghosts. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. I might be tempted to try and convince you to make a longer episode so that we can do, like, a few ghost stories. Well, I was thinking that our last episode of the month, the one that comes out the week of Halloween and on Halloween, Uh I was thinking if if we found enough stuff, we could just do two episodes on ghosts. Oh my gosh, that would be amazing. (laughs) There's so much stuff out there, let's face it. We could do like ghosts and haunted house. I don't know. Well, we can talk about it. I know you have to go, but uh, until next time, Auf Wiedersehen. Ciao.